Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. The following is a presentation of the Force Center podcast feed. From the center of the galaxy, this is the Four Center Podcast Feed, and this particular episode of the Four Center Podcast Feed is one of our deep dive episodes. We're going to dive relatively deep into Pew Pew Pew, the power of blasters in Star Wars. I'm very excited to Pew Pew Pew. I'm Joseph Scrimshaw. 
I'm Ken Napsuck. I've been pew, pew, pewing since the 80s, kids. <laughs> really the 70s, but really since the 80s. This is uh, going to be a fun conversation. Yeah, very excited to dive in. Before we do that, we want to let you know that today's podcast is brought to you by Audible. Get a free audiobook download and 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com slash center. Over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. This week, we are recommending Into the Dark by Claudia Gray. It's got lightsabers. It's got a sentient rock. It's got some pew, pew, pew. If you want to check it out, you can download your free audiobook today by going to audibletrial.com slash center. Again, that's audibletrial.com dot com slash four center for your free audio book but that is not all ken there's more there is more indeed we have another offer from inside editions publisher of a ton of great star wars books they're offering 35 percent off across their website with a special four center code to get your discount enter the coupon code fc35 or visit this website link inside editions.com slash discount slash fc35 This week, we're recommending the Inside Editions book, The Lightsaber Collection. Get it and impress your friends with this pages version of a lightsaber collection. Uh, Check it out with the code FC35. That is right. FC35, your way to some lightsaber fun. But for now, we're going to get into the fun and the power of blasters. We have talked a lot about lightsabers on this uh, podcast, you know, because they're pretty cool and important to Star Wars. Uh, But we also wanted to give blasters their due, the meaning of blasters, the fun of the blasters, and just talk about some of our favorites and just nerd out about cool blasters. So, Ken, I want to start with this. Was Obi-Wan right? Are blasters clumsy, random? Are they uncivilized and inelegant? Um, I, I don't think he's wrong. (laughs) Um, but I don't think all blasters, they definitely don't look clumsy, which I don't necessarily think that's what he meant. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I definitely think, I think uh, there's, um, I can't, I can't remember if if I'm going to do a random Peter Jackson quote, I kind of remember, or if it's George R. R. Martin, I don't know, but there's something about (laughs) like sword fighting knights. It's pretty brutal, right? That's actually a pretty brutal way to fight, but there's something about, the the uh, there's an inherent uh, inherent elegance of being upfront in person and seeing your enemy, uh, and I'm ju- not just saying that in a basic uh, yeah courage ye coward like don't hide. I'm just saying there's just something about it that connects it with a lot of stories, which I think works for lightsabers. All I have to say, I'm j- I, I I I hear Obi Wan, but man, I kind of with Han. I, I'd like a good blaster by my side. Oh, yeah. And I think those are two great quotes to really uh, frame our conversation as we dive in. Yeah. No, I love that this is a part of the introduction to blasters. If you start with, you know, uh, the movie that would later become known as A New Hope, if you start with Star Wars, you know, I love what this says about Obi-Wan's character of his dissing blasters Mm. (laughs) on having to stick up uh, for them. Because it, it really introduces us to blasters in a way that allows them to be cool, which we will discuss, uh, but also really heightens the lightsaber. It's, I think it's one of the things that makes lightsabers have that great flair of these are the weapons of these, you know, brave knights who are gone now, but your father left you one. And it is, you know, this hero's weapon that is elegant and precise, not clumsy and random. You know, it's a way to really put over uh, the lightsaber. Um, but I feel like exactly what you were saying, what, what's at the heart of this quote for me is this idea that, uh, with a lightsaber, you have to be aware of your choice. You are right there. 
and you can be very precise with it. And, you know, the, the uh, people who use these weapons, Jedi and Sith, are in general quite precise with them. Whereas a blaster, you know, you can just start firing willy-nilly, right? Yeah. Uh, and then I also think there's this, like, great emotional thing to it, which I think is kind of the heart of, of Obi-Wan's statement, is that with a blaster, you can distance yourself from the choice of engaging in violence, right? Yeah. And uh, for a Jedi with a lightsaber being right up there, like, I really can't distance myself from the the smell of that cauterized arm yeah. <laughs> that I just did. But if you're across the room with a blaster, right, you can just sort of uh, pew, 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 and it, it hits something, right? And you can distance yourself from it. So I feel like that's a little bit of the stakes of, of what's going on in the comparison between the lightsaber and the blasters. Yeah, no, absolutely, right? Especially old times and, and, and new times, uh, the present times, and Obi-Wan and, and Han are sharing their views on it. Uh, there's something about that, something about the Empire to say able to do that as a dis- at a distance, including the Death Star. That's a big giant space blaster, right? So <laughs> I'm about that. It is. I would I would accept that as one of your favorite blasters. I ah. accept that uh, definition. So obviously, blasters are based on you know real life guns. Uh, but what do you think their meaning is in Star Wars? If we look at them, is this fantasy weapon that exists in this fantasy world? You know, what do they symbolize? Symbolize. We've talked about lightsabers symbolizing choice, precision, expertise. Uh, what do blasters symbolize some of the same things or different things to you? I, I, def- I definitely think it symbolizes choice and it can be precision. Just ask crosshair. And, and all those things you listed are, are, are needed, but there's something like expertise. Definitely there's experts with blasters. We've seen it time and time again, Star Wars, but it seems uh you really got, there's no blaster forms, right? <laughs> but in terms of blasters, I do see it as, as power, not necessarily just in the bad imperial version of power, but your own kind of personal power, your own kind of safety, a sense of survival. I've always gotten that from Han. This is, um, for lack of a better term, this old West kind of uh, vibe. Uh, whether or not that's a realistic version of the old West or not, I, I'll leave that for the, the the smarter pundits and I, but just like you got to go into town and you got to have that gun by your side. And that's might be how you're getting out. And you just kind of, you know, you know, you just kind of need it. So I, I kind of like what that represents. It's a lifeline to some. Yeah, no, I think we're in the, the same area here. I really was thinking of it a lot from Hans, like, you know, the, nothing beats a good blaster by your side, paraphrasing there. Mm-hmm. Uh, but this kind of feeling that blasters are for everyone, <laughs> that they're a, a great equalizer. You know, anyone can strap one on, and there's the sort of uh, the bad side of that, of the clumsy and random and the mm-hmm. not being an expert. But that idea that, you know, I don't need to tap into anything. I don't need to, to <laughs> you know, uh, train for years under a master. Right. I this is something that can be kind of a, can keep me safe, can be an extension of myself. Uh, this is for something. This is something for simple people trying to make their way through the galaxy, you know? Yeah, there's something I love. Speaking of Han, I I love him passing that blaster down to Ray and how she's kind of like, yeah, I, I you know, I, I can handle myself type of attitude. He's like, yeah, I know. That's why you've earned this. That's why it's almost like his version of uh, not training, but just like, yeah, I know that I'm not just handing this to an idiot. He's going to start firing. You know how to use this and you know when to use it. Yeah, I, I think that's what's maybe important to me is because uh, – in making this contrast to lightsabers, you know, I, I think there there can be a like I said a dark side of them of like 
they're everywhere and they're dangerous and people aren't trained and all that. But the way the storytelling often goes in Star Wars, we are seeing people receive them in a lightsaber like way in is the first step into a larger world, right? Mm -hmm. Into the like this you you have been chasing being a part of the galaxy in one way or another. We got that great like Han being like, yeah, you can obviously handle yourself and I want you to be the crew and I want you to stick around. So I'm I kinda I'm gifting this to you. And then the fact that it becomes, you know, legacy and she and she keeps it with her partially I think is a blaster, but all, all the, hugely is a symbol of Han. But there's also that element when uh when Beckett gives Han the, the DL-44, you know? And I think mm -hmm. you can get distracted by the, like, oh, that's a checkbox. That's how he got the blaster, you know? Um, but if you ignore that part of it and just look at what's going on, they, that Beckett, everything Beckett is giving to Han is a sort of, like, wisdom to a youngster, wisdom to, the you know, that he wishes an older person had given him, you know? Yeah. And the blaster is a part of that, and that kiss of, like, it's a hard-knock life, and you need to defend yourself and stand up for yourself and make sure that everybody knows they can't push you around. And right. here's this symbol of this. Congrats, kid. You're you're an adult now. <laughs> yeah, it's truly a it's it's Hans twin twin sons. <laughs> yeah, you get this to help you stare. I, I'm there with you on that. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it um, I think there's lots of different great storytelling with them. That, that adds meaning. I think they can really evoke what you were talking about, the sort of the honorable gunslinger, right? Like mm -hmm. arguably Han has moments of being the, the honorable gunslinger, certainly Din, right? Of like, uh, he's got a code and it's really that like, I, I will take this out when I need to. And if you make me kind of thing, mm -hmm. uh, and, and we get to see them, uh, you know, handled by absolute pros with a ton of training, right? Like yeah. the clones and Cad Bane and the Fets. But then we also get to see them be literally clumsy and random <laughs> yeah. from the stormtroopers or crappy bounty hunters like Toro Calican. You know, we, we <laughs> get to see like uh, they're, they're this, uh, this idea of, of power and they can be used, uh, sorry, Obi-Wan, with uh, elegance and precision, or they can be used in a very clumsy and random and oppressive way. Yes, yes, yeah. A uh, tale of many blasters in the galaxy. A tale of many blasters. I wanted to ask you what you think of the actual term blasters. Like, what happens when you forget that you have known and used that term for decades and just try to hear it again for the first time? It might be the greatest name in Star Wars, greatest term in Star <laughs> Wars. And I'd love, yeah, the history of obviously laser blasters, I get it. There's probably a lot of history to that word itself. Um, I just think in terms of Star Wars, it's the best to say blasters. And what it just, the imagery that comes with that, uh, the sense of having one at your side. I mean, I, uh, I've, I've always loved it. Lightsaber, is it great? Yeah, it's great. It's totally great. But a blaster, man, eh, just something about it. Yeah, I think part of the reason I wanted to look at this is like, yeah, the, the word blaster has popped up in other places and laser blaster, but it so became this iconic thing of like Star Trek has phasers and yeah. but in Star Wars, they're blasters. Um, and I think for me, it is one of those perfect Star Wars words that is both cool and silly. Like, mm -hmm. I love the reverence when I hear you say it. it's, like, it's a blaster, you know, nothing beats a good blaster by your side, you know, like. Yeah. I hope they don't have blasters. Like I think it's come to to feel cool, 
But mm-hmm. when you take a big step back, it can sound like absolutely silly science fiction. And, and I think like the word blaster is like a way into the way that that some people probably saw Star Wars when it first came out. Right. Oh, like yeah. blasters. You know, why don't they just call the ships zippers? You know, <laughs> they fly around fast like, oh, the, yeah. the you know, blasters is so just straightforward, fun, silly science fiction. And yet it does uh, with star wars and with the, all the way to the history sa- still sound cool well look you got you going back to the, the original moment you got a character named han solo talking to luke skywalker about a blaster yeah, this is silliness kid what are you doing let's go watch apocalypse now when it comes out like you know come on yeah and i think uh, i think the reason i like thinking about that is i just i just don't think star wars has to be one or the other and i know i've gone back and forth in my life from times like i like it because it's it's funny it's ridiculous then i've like uh, this is so deep so profound it is affecting my life and i just love the tension that it is both and it always has been you know i can go on and on about the meaning behind a blaster (laughs) yeah and it's it's cool and it's weird and funny at the same time and you know, I never, and you never question as a kid, right? If, you, if you're if you're listening to whatever generation you are, and you, whatever time you come to Star Wars, and if you're just now starting Star Wars, and you know, you you and I occasionally will run to a great Force Center friend who's like, uh, yeah, I, I'm I'm 28, but I hadn't really watched Star Wars till Force Awakens. Like even then, Blaster's just there. It always was there. You just accept it for what it is, uh, and, and the power that it is uh, that it brings. Yeah. Yeah. And I love seeing in in Star Wars in particular, the first film, those moments where it could have just been one of the terms. Right. Because Luke calls it a gun in the trash compactor, you know. Yep. And at one point, you know, robots is used instead of droids, you know. That's very true. Uh, So even in that first film is like, are these going to stick? And now it's like no one, you know, not no one, but it it doesn't happen very often. Right. It's a blaster and everybody says blaster. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd be interested to track. Uh, interested to track uh, where else uh, if if it if it deviates at all in later films, right? Yeah, I, I'm sure it does other places. Uh, but uh, yeah, but now I'll have my ears pricked up. But I remember uh, really noticing that a few years back. Of like, wow, there's some times where they don't use the Star Wars words. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's so yeah, it's uh, when they you know, they just didn't know there were Star Wars words yet. <laughs> it's just like the Star Wars pie is still in the window and it is not like fully cooked. It's not fully set, you know. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so speaking of our of our blasters, our cool, uh, weird, fun blasters, did your parents have any concerns about you having toy blasters or pretending your fingers were a blaster when you were a kid? Because, you know, I, I don't want to get too serious about it, but I also want to have you know, a little bit of a sense of responsibility is that they are a fantasy weapon that comes out of a real life weapon in a, in a weapon that is really a, a focus of discussion and concern right now in the real world. And, and certainly was back then, too. So I was really curious for you if you went through anything with that with your parents. No, no, not at all. Um, and this this uh, could go into uh, deeper discussions as well. Uh, they were more concerned, specifically my father was more concerned that uh some uh, weird religion was being taught to me that counteracted, uh, counter- contradicted our, our religion. <laughs> it was not, not on board for the force. So your dad was like, hey, look, here, have 800 toy blasters, but don't go to school and start talking about your mystical energy field. Yeah, I had, and my, and my folks, my dad, my, my dad was in the Navy, but my folks, uh, not gun owners uh, to this day, not, uh, you know, um, uh, you know, not that they don't, uh, 
you know, support people don't own them, all those kind of bigger discussions in life, but they, they've never had them. They've never wanted them. So I didn't grow up around guns, but I had a veritable arsenal of toy guns <laughs> <laughs> and I would go to, to uh, friends of mine that lived a little outside of town, uh, more of a rural part of uh, Aurora Grande, California. And uh, we'd go there at an acre or two of property. And we would every weekend we're out there playing army, you know, and sometimes it was playing star Wars and I had a long trench coat, which actually was a normal size jacket. I just it was so tiny as a kid. It just was a trench coat and I'd be on, <laughs> on Endor, you know, and I, I had uh, my favorite things to collect were the, uh, the, the, the muskets they'd sell at a gift shop near the Pirates of the Caribbean at Disneyland. That's no longer there because it was just nothing but guns. Uh, and I would collect, I like a rifle, a little blaster. Like I had a little, there, I called it a blaster. There you go. Uh, and I would, I would use those as my guns on Endor. Uh, so yeah, I was just <laughs> go crazy, kid. Go crazy. Go play guns. Whatever you do, do not use the force. Did you? So did you take your pirate era musket and yeah. pretend it was Hans DL forty four? Yeah. Well, I, I it was a I specific. I had a, I had three muskets. I, I had a shorter <laughs> barreled one, like a shorter like mid range, almost like okay. a gun size. Then I had a long rifle. Now, mind you, I had to get this as a kid and carry it around Disneyland. So I had to go on the rides with this long rifle, like a Davy F. and Crockett defending. And, and no bright orange colors at that time either, right? No, 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 uh, no. That one could have been brubs. Uh, and uh, then I had a shorter one, a, a pistol, but it was double barreled uh, with, uh, you know, you could you, uh, cock it twice, right? And so I, I use that one as my space blaster. Which, by the way, now come, you know, Kira's kind of got something similar, which is why mm. I, I, I love that blaster. It took me back to being on a hill, eight years old, f- fighting stormtroopers or occasionally Ewoks, depending on my mood that day. Uh, and uh, and again, just not using the force. Ken, do not believe in the force. Go take this blaster, <laughs> which, Joseph, you don't want to get deep. But with me growing up and then you, me always telling all of y'all, oh, I like the war versus the lore. I wasn't necessarily encouraged to follow the lore of the Jedi. I was more encouraged to get in that forest and fight the stormtroopers. Hey, hey feel free to go as deep as you want. I just don't <laughs> want to turn this into a, a full uh, discussion of, you know, actual very, very important yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, gun opinions in the real world. I wanted to touch on it as it uh, addresses Star Wars. But it, the war versus lore, I'm so glad you brought that up. That's really really insightful if they were like look it's fine that the funny space people are shooting each other and chopping one another's limbs off but Mm -hmm. don't be getting any ideas about that bs yoda says yep none of that uh, mysticism is that term they use which is i think a loaded term now to use i would say uh it it, yeah it was uh you know love your star wars repent on sunday (laughs) yeah yeah, I when I was very young, I don't there wasn't any uh, concern coming from my parents. Uh, you know, my parents were were pretty young when they had me and my brother. Uh, so they were definitely of uh, the, you know, Beatles, Woodstock uh, generation. Um, my dad is and has been um, a collector of of guns, super responsible. I didn't even know it until, you know, I was a teen. He was like, oh, yeah, no, I, I own them. And they are they're, the old collector guns are locked in one safe and the ammunition is locked in another safe and you will never find them. They're <laughs> hidden. So he was a, always a very, very responsible uh, yeah. collector and, you know, uh, marksman. 
uh, who, mm-hmm. you know, would do competitions and really proud once when he's like, look, I shot this uh, card when it was, uh, you know, in, <laughs> inserted in the bullseye, you know, sideways. <laughs> so I shot it to the side. Uh, so, you know, my dad had this sort of uh, relationship to it, which I think for him really grew out of some of the uh, influences that Star Wars grew out of, of, mm-hmm. of the Westerns, right? And yep. And the 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 honorable the idea of an honorable gunslinger, you know, I think that's where his fascination was because those were his lightsabers when he was a kid, you know. Yes. Um, and I think when I was really young, you know, my parents were just happy that this thing made me and my brother happy and happy with the fantasy of it. I don't think there's ever any concern about me confusing the Force with any other religion, but I think there was kind of a tipping point when my mother started to get concerned with my overall investment in fantasy. I remember mm. two things in particular. Uh, I remember we were at a, uh, a kind of a Target walmart type place, but like sad Target uh, <laughs> at the time <laughs> uh, called Shopco uh, that was in Minnesota at the time. And, you know, we I think we couldn't afford action figures that day, so I just had looked at them. And then we walked out, and it was like that this beautiful sunset of the you know the pinks and the purples mm. and all that. And I was just like, I stopped in the parking lot and was like, "It's Cloud City." <laughs> <laughs> and she got real concerned and was like, "You know, it's not real, right? <laughs> not real, kid. Yeah, <laughs> it was a real like I want to. That's great that you go to Imagination Land, but you know that's Imagination Land, right? Uh." And, you know, I was really into superheroes around the same time, too. So I, I had, you know, I had started to get bummed when I learned about mutants uh, in, in Marvel in particular. We were just like, well, you're just born with them. You just you hit puberty and there they come. And this was a couple yeah. years before puberty. And it was just like, <laughs> I remember t- telling both of my parents in the car, like, I, I've accepted that when I hit puberty, I, I won't get superpowers. <laughs> and I thought they would think I was real mature for having accepted it. But I think it was more the concern that that was something I was truly wrestling right. with. Right. So I think coming out of all of that, there was clearly this moment of tension where I think my mother in particular truly weighed is, is there enough fantasy mm. around Star Wars blasters? And mm. because she had concern about G.I. Joe when it started to become popular. Right. In like a little bit of concern about Transformers. But the G.I. Joe was a little bit like clearly she didn't understand it. You know, it's funny to me now. It's like, I think that might really be about the real military. And (laughs) that's not correct. Right. (laughs) I mean, it's uh, it's a little bit of a recruitment. (laughs) (laughs) Definitely a commercial for toys. Definitely a commercial for toys. But like but she did get to a point where she was concerned about like maybe let's not have toys of actual guns. Uh but yeah, the yeah. blasters are okay. And I think that just really part of the reason I wanted to ask this question and have this conversation mm-hmm. and hear your story is that really lodged in my head at an early age about how how important that is to the legacy of Star Wars, that mm-hmm. the fantasy of it. Like there are swords in the real world, but lightsabers yeah. feel so far from them that they feel extra safe. You know, for a parent like mine, blasters made it fictional enough that it felt safe. And then I've just been fascinated as we've gotten older, and Star Wars does seem to just be this safe space to wrestle with darkness and violence. You know, um, we we've yeah. talked to, to parents and asked parents this question of like you're you're everybody all parents seem like cool with like yeah here hey uh here kid uh, you too here's a darth vader bib 
yeah. wear a wear a monster. Yeah. Uh, that there's something in Star Wars that it feels like it creates this specific kind of fantasy that makes it safe to play with dangerous ideas. I, well, you know, is that George's original intent? Like, you know, the the, the lessons for twelve year olds we know, but it is 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 that part of it? I, whether intentional or not, it it exists, and I think you're right, Joseph. I think it's there. I think it's there to the idea of an honorable gunslinger. You said that. I'm thinking. Uh, your dad probably, you know, loved uh, the man who shot Liberty Valance or something. But like, do we have the, the version of that in Star Wars? And we love Han and we consider Han that. But he had to struggle with how do I use this uh, weapon? How do I use myself in this galaxy uh, uh, the right way? And, and Din Djarin comes to mind as, you know, he was the gunslinger type. Literally, was that's what Favreau put up on Instagram early on, right? Yeah. Uh, that's what this is. And it's like. Uh, he's having to learn and and uh, and how to use that, how to use his power, how to use his weapons, and what he uses for. And I think there's some growth. So I think Star Wars does do that, uh, and 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 essentially always has. But I think now you, you can drill down and be a little more specific and play around with that. And and uh, yeah, there's the safety. The, now it's a big. I have a Han blaster and a bowcaster that are the Nerf ones, and they're big and bright and orange, and and it feels completely uh, something separate. Uh, and and uh, but it doesn't mean the bigger questions can't be brought up in Star Wars. It just who you are and, and what you're using these for. Yeah. Yeah. And I love what you said something there about the honorable gunslinger and that, that anybody could do this. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause I think that's, that's something that my dad, I think probably really responded to in Westerns and get that, that tradition continues in the sort of honorable gunslingers we see in star Wars is they are the people who are just regular folks, right? Yeah. Like, Luke is he he is a, a moisture farmer right now, but he has this destiny. He has this power, you know, that fate gave him, and he's going to have to choose how to use it. But then, you know, in westerns, a lot of time it's it really is like the look. I just came out to you know settle this town for my family, or you know, or you know, if you, you got a little bit more of the grizzled one of like I used to have a family, now I don't. But you know, it's they're not they're not royalty, right? Mm-hmm. They're not chosen ones they're always people who are just kind of trying to get by and do what is right and defend people and i think some of that that mood that comes with those western honorable gunslingers really comes through to the characters and and gives blasters some of that meaning of look i'm just trying to get by and do the right thing yeah just trying to get by do the right thing we need a gunslinger star wars series so an expose yeah yeah (laughs) absolutely uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, before we move on from this question of darkness, I just wanted to share a funny thing. I don't know if you're getting these ads, Ken, but I'm getting some auto-generated ad on uh, Facebook for Star Wars products. I get a lot of them, but right now I keep getting this one for uh, Star Wars pillowcases, and they are for younger kids uh, and like younger size bed sheets and pillowcases. And it, the ad even says something like, you know, maybe ask your fairy godmother for this. And it's not just a pillow of Darth Vader, but it's a pillow of Vader with his blade raised and cocked. <laughs> <laughs> and it looks like, kids, doesn't this feel like a safe place to lay your head down? Uh, <laughs> no. no nightmares here. <laughs> wow. So Star Wars always dabbling with uh, with darkness. Uh, I want to be sure to ask you this question, Ken. Mm-hmm. In the age-old Star Wars debate, at this point in your life, would you rather have a lightsaber or a blaster? Blaster. Uh, uh, blaster. I, blaster. I, he said with uh, trying to hold back his enthusiasm for a weapon of uh, that nature. Um, I love, I, I hope to eventually get a Galaxy's Edge lightsaber. I have some uh, 
great collector lightsabers here. I have my Luke Skywalker 1980, 1995 Power of the Force version. Love those. Love those. Want those too as well. I have, like I mentioned, I have like the Han one, the Nerf one, and the uh, bright orange and stuff. But I also have like a realistic, feels weighted in your hand uh, replica of the one of the blasters, one of the guns from Men in Black. Mm. Uh, Will Smith, Tommy Lee Jones movie, the first one. Uh, there's a line of those that exist, and there was like James Bond weapons and stuff like that. I would be up for like a Han DL44 replica like that. Like I, 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 if, if given a choice, do you want a lightsaber or do you want to go build your blaster at uh, you know Pepe's uh, blaster builder on Galaxy's Edge? <laughs> I'd go there. I go the blaster builder. Yeah, I want to go to Pepe's blaster barn for sure. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. There you go. I don't think that's going to happen no. well, for for <laughs> real world reasons. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, that that we're doing our best to acknowledge, uh, but not disappear into. Um, yeah, I I am always going to be more of a lightsaber person, but that was part of the reason I wanted to do this episode because I I do love blasters, but sometimes I just kind of take them for granted because they're there, and I wanted to have a chance to hear your thoughts and to kind of drill mm-hmm. down into uh, what I find meaningful and cool and interesting about them. But you know, uh, I'm lucky to have a lightsaber that I built at Galaxy's Edge. I would probably shell out money for a replica of a DL44 because, yeah, it does. It has that that weight and that history and that meaning uh, to it. But I, I think I got to be honest. If somebody just appeared and said, you can have a real functioning lightsaber or a real functioning blaster, I'd be like, well, odds are much higher I'm going to hurt myself with a lightsaber, <laughs> but I'm going to take the risk. Exactly. That said, Ezra had the right idea. Clearly, one should try to beat this question always by saying, uh, I want a combo. Yeah. Yeah, I, I mocked that. I mocked that lightsaber when it first came out on Jedi Alliance. I was, I've grown. I've grown up. Happy to say I've changed since then. I, I think it's one of my favorites now. Was it like too on the nose for you? Was it like uh, a, a a kid's fantasy coming true of like, yeah. I, no, I don't want to choose. I want both. I think so. I mean, because he had the little slingshot, right? Which was su- such a it's this kid it's this kid's show and and i wasn't super 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 negative on the show i just ah you know i wasn't there for it and i didn't think it was as deep and by season two i was like oh no i'm, I'm missing the boat I, I started to change and that's around i forget is it in season one i think he builds the saber end of season one and so it might have just been the same vibe but i was like and it shoots like come on now like literally like a year or two later i was like and it shoots wow <laughs> What a genius idea. We all been sitting around not thinking about this. Come on, do it. So uh, I, I do I do love it. Is it always a good idea? Is it always practical? I don't know. Quite frankly, maybe. Yeah, I'm just going to start, you know, uh, writing on toilet stalls. Ezra was right, and people won't know what I'm talking about. But uh, but if you happen to go into that bathroom stall, uh, you'll know. Yeah, Ezra was smart to have a combo lightsaber blaster. Not wrong. All right, we're going to take a quick break, and then we're going to dive into just having some fun discussing some of our favorite blasters, some of our favorite blaster scenes, and all sorts of fun stuff like that. We will be back in just a moment. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. 
Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, Four Center friends, make sure you're keeping up to date on all the great content from Jennifer Landa. Whether it's YouTube, Instagram, or TikTok, you whippersnappers, Four Center's own Jennifer Landa continues to bring you fun, informative, and insightful laughs and moments. Also, Jennifer brings her experience and perspective as a Star Wars-loving mother to her DIY projects, blogs, and more. So be sure to head on over to JennyLanda.com. That's J-E-N-I-L-A-N-D-A.com for articles like how to make your own Darth Maul sneakers or 10 unique Star Wars baby gift ideas. Follow Jen on Twitter and Instagram at Jennifer Landa and on TikTok as Jennifer Landa 1138 and we are back to continue our pew 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 conversation uh ken i don't want to just do a full episode of star wars rank so i tried to keep it limited but i felt like it would be so much fun to discuss 
a few of our favorite blasters or style of blasters. Uh, I'm, I suggested that we tried to limit it to three, but let's see what happens. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so why don't you go ahead and, and go first, uh, either with your blaster or, or tell me a little bit about, uh, is this a difficult process for you? Do you just know your top three or is it a challenge? Uh, it's it's always a challenge. And uh, a while ago now, uh, Andres Cabrera had come on Star Wars Ranked and we, we did a Star Wars Ranked on blasters. He wanted to do that topic and he had a great, he had a great list of blasters and I had a list of blasters, some of which I might bring up and talk about today. But you and I talk often and, and even some of our fans, when they uh, write in questions to us, the listener questions, they'll mention like today my answer is and tomorrow it can change. <laughs> Um, so I had to dig a little deep and, and, and talk about just, just figure out what I want to talk about. And style of blasters is a, is a great question, too. I end up go. I think I go for pistols more than anything, even to the point of I uh, I'm always slightly um, interested and in, in obsessed that Rex has like two pistols, essentially. Right. Um, love that. And I think that might be what I would go for if I was a clone fighting in a clone war. Um, so, yeah, I'll start there and then I can go into the specifics if you want here. Yeah, I think I think yeah. When I started to dive deep, I realized like, oh, I, we could have made this even longer. We could have done favorite pistols. We could have done favorite rifles. We could have done favorite larger ordnance. <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> there's yeah. so many different styles. But yeah, I gravitate uh, toward uh, the pistols as well. Uh, so I got three, but then I got about seven options under that, and we're gonna see what happens. We're gonna see if I manage to stick to the the first three. But why don't you start? Where where is where do you begin? So uh, when we did that ranked, as often we do on ranked, we we put things in the Hall of Fame because they're just kind of uh, in a way above the discussion. They're they're gonna be there. Let's put them there in the Hall of Fame, and we'll discuss other things. But for this list, you talk about my just personal favorite. And we're talking about the history, talking about you and I as kids in the eighties. The Hans DL forty four. It's you. You just you can't not think about it. You can't not discuss it, and, and you can't not dream about owning it. And I've had different versions. I have a belt buckle version. I've had a you know the Kenner versions. I've had the I got the the plastic orange one right now in my garage of all places. I can just pick it up during a workout and be like, yeah, I feel tough and strong. Got a Hans blaster. Um, it's beautiful. It's a beautiful work of art, and I even love the extended uh, story of it now with with Beckett having a having a different version, an extended version of that. I just absolutely love it and think it is what it is for a reason. Hans Hans Blaster, the DL44, is just perfection for design. This is this is so great. I I almost uh, you know wanted to have the conversation with you of should we do a Hall of Fame. Or just see what happens because uh, my first is DL forty four too. So yes, <laughs> because it's just it it is it, it, it you can't not talk about it right because uh, I think one of the beautiful things about blasters in Star Wars is yeah you can pull out your favorites but kind of what makes you my favorites favorites is because they're the ones that are have some variety you know it's like yeah, yeah. the blasters really speak to one another lightsaber hilts are cool because they have different designs but blasters even almost even more so the variety kind of defines it and DL44 is it's ground zero for blasters, yeah. right? It, it establishes what a star Wars blaster is, what this mix of, you know, the Western gunslinger, uh, but the, uh, the, the weird space adventure, you know, it is that, that blaster, the DL44 is like uh Western meets science fiction and becomes mm-hmm. space fantasy. Like, even the way it's constructed, the history of it, that it's got these elements of uh, real guns and like uh, so much of it looks like a, a real gun uh, mm-hmm. with that big chunky middle. And then it's got that just absolute Flash Gordon pew, pew, pew yeah. <laughs> barrel, right? With the silver and the the widening of the absolute uh, tip of the barrel. 
so damn cool just aesthetically. Yeah, uh, yeah. It, it like I said, perfection, uh, absolutely. Yeah, and um, yeah. What is it? it's got? Like, I'm, I'm, I'm not a gun aficionado in that sense of like what's well, got a little bit of like a Ruger or this. That's got a lot of old uh, blasters, which is how they kind of designed these and literally how they kind of put these together uh, when they're talking about designing Star Wars back in the day. So it evokes invokes uh, realism. It evokes things we actually know and familiar with. But you're right. Then just like Star Wars does, like New Hope does, specifically New Hope does. This is a world, this is almost Modesto, or it's your hometown. It's wherever you are in your life when you see the film, and there's these things you know, and that's how we tell this story. And I, I think this blaster really just uh, really just captures that, that vibe. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, I, I think for me, another big part of it was like, that's so cool is Han's blaster, and then to see Luke with a version of it in, in empire. Right. Yes. And for me, it's like, it, it's obviously other people have them. Beckett had one, gave it to Han. It's not the only one in the galaxy. Uh, I mm-hmm. see that there is a, uh, that in legends, Luke's was technically a different model and they have different scopes, but look, uh, from my, my kid's perspective. <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, Han, you know, it was, it was like Luke growing up because like, oh, he cool. He's got a blaster kind of like Hans now too. And, you know, he can grow up and be, become cool like Han too. <laughs> yeah. But, but, but to, yeah, to the point of, yeah, yeah. Later on in trivia contests, we'd need to know the exact model of, of what uh, Luke was holding there. Didn't matter. You're right. You saw that. And that was a Star Wars blaster. I didn't, I didn't know the term DL-44 until I was in high school or something, whatever. It didn't matter to me. It was Hans blaster. And then to see Luke with one too, it just, it just made it just that's what a Star Wars blaster should be. Yeah, yeah, looks so cool. All right, that's great. Uh, so, so what do you got next? All right, so this is where I yeah I, I and I I, I I've, I've, we talked again we talked about this before before and we can make jokes about our answers changing, but I, I really needed to go with just I sat back and closed my eyes and just go where do I go where do I go and this is one that Andres Cabrera talked about back in the day and he was so right about it and I think. Especially as you know, Mandalorian comes along, and then we're spending more time with Boba Fett now. The the, the West Star thirty four blaster pistol. This is Django's. The elegance, the sleek, the different sound, everything about that fight with Obi Wan and how he uses it, and then literally he's got the you know the spin and gun. He he's a gunslinger too. Like I I really love uh, the blaster and 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 the blaster and, and and it fits in with the the prequel vibe, the prequel designs, right? Like like yeah another era where yeah new hope was you know it was the 70s we, we were driving gremlins and uh, you know 50s we you know model you know not model t's but thunderbirds and all these kind of old classic cars in the 40s 50s and 60s with these great designs Django's really captured that too yeah no look man just pulling these up that they're, they're sleek and they're silver and they they do just look like uh like Django fed of like they are uh compact precise and deadly right that they're mm-hmm. just they're going to come spinning out and fire's just going to spit out of them and there's not much you can do about it. <laughs> yeah. 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 Right. But you're so right about the elegance and so much flows from that blaster in the holiday special. And this is, you know, one of the ones that was uh, inspired by it. And then Din's is as well. Yeah. That's really, really cool to see, but, but it doesn't have, you're so right. It's kind of inspired by, uh, Boba's in the uh, in the holiday special, which was the Sacros K11, um, but it's it's got any of that uh, rugged, you know, beat up, uh, you know, aesthetic yeah. taken away, and it is clean and sharp. He is going to kill you and look fancy doing it. Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. Right, and just just fancy, classy. Yep. 
violent, precise. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like Westar. That, that that you could you could somehow serve a cocktail with these guys. These yeah. are great. Yeah, you can wear these on your cufflinks. Yeah, uh, uh, that's great. Yeah, and then the, the final one the discussion we can go is on this mini ranked here, right? Going into other ones. Um, I just this is one that I think I fell in love with more when you got to kind of play with it or play with a version of it in Battlefront One. Uh, and that is uh, Krennix DT-29 Heavy Blaster Pistol. This is uh, mm. one's got a little kind of almost like a revolver vibe to it. It's got some wood grain on it. Looks like I might pick this up in Red Dead Redemption 2 if I get enough money. Playing poker. <laughs> uh, and even though um, even though it's I, it's it's uh, blasters and Krennic aren't necessarily hand in hand, right? I mean, he's got the, the Death Troopers around him. You got the thing at the end, uh, you know, him trying to shoot Jin and everything. So factors mm-hmm. there. It's just one of those things where I don't necessarily always need to be. It's like you, you know, we we collect these toys and you get a figure and sometimes they're accessory or something that you didn't necessarily see in the movies or, or didn't factor into the story, but you had it and you had it in your hands and and that's what I think about Krennix. I think about it a lot. I love playing with it, uh, and I just love in this world of uh, big blasters and you know uh, proton torpedoes and all these explosive thermal detonators that uh, you got Krennic with this. Uh, old style almost revolver kind of weapon yeah no i really really like it i like that it's got this great combination pulling it up of it's got all the chrome it's got a little bit of that kind of like almost exposed workings of the barrel and the scope uh, that kind of uh, harken back to the dl44 but then it's got this really nice wooden handle mm-hmm. you know so it mm-hmm. looks like this this it is not like, hey, the Empire just issued these, right? These are way too nice yeah. <laughs> for the Empire to be making uh, uh, mass marketing. So this has got some like history and some ego to it. Ego indeed. And and there's something that you're saying there of like, if Krennic was like, I'm not going to have the little uh, issued one. I'm going to go out and get something. I'm going to upgrade. I'm going to get closer seats to the, the meeting and I want to get a bigger, <laughs> bigger, better blaster. Yeah. How how did it handle in the video game? Because I didn't play that first one. What, what was it like? Uh, it was wonderfully frustrating what i mean is, is because it was um that version the reason i say that version is, is i'm almost wondering like, could it be slightly different you know i don't know i can't remember um but it was like it was like you had six shots it was like a revolver okay and you 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 know so they're powerful shots but you gotta you gotta be precise you gotta have uh, uh some patience and i am not a patient player when it comes to this game if anyone's ever watched me play on a stream or something i am just hold down the X button and fire, 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 fire till my gun, gun dies and my gun overheats. Um, so there was something that forced me to think different about how to play. Nice, nice. And it, so it, it had the kind of six shooter quality. Is it the kind of that does like uh, big damage, uh, but is slow? Yeah, uh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then, you, you know, you, don't, you can't get caught in a lot of shootouts. Yeah, I mean, that's just like the great thing uh, from years of playing video games, sometimes with blasters, sometimes like Red Dead Redemption or Resident Evil, like mm-hmm. anytime you can get the big, you know, great stopping action revolver, I always want to walk around with them. Yeah. <laughs> but then you really need to be good to use them. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that that's a great uh, preliminary list there. First three. Yeah. Yeah, uh, so for me, like I said, DL44, I shared some thoughts there. Mm-hmm. Uh, the next place I go is uh, Satine's Lament, as it oh. is known <laughs> in modern canon, I believe, from uh, some uh, book or trading card. Uh, but it is uh, Leia's uh, sporting pistol, Leia's Defender. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was fascinated by this one 
you know, since I was a kid, this idea that not only, you know, does Leia have a blaster, obviously, but that it's different. And I think a, maybe a part of my like utter fascination with it uh, as a kid is um, I can't remember which which action figure uh, for, of Leia it came with, but I lost it. Mm-hmm. And it was this dream of like, oh, man, if I could ever have that pistol back again, that would be so great. <laughs> uh, but uh, going to modern times, just the elegance of it, the fact that it is so long that it, it kind of has this length of like, a, you know, a, a James Bond pistol with a yeah. compact pistol with a silencer. But that's not really what it is because the whole thing is just that long. Yeah. And just the idea that this... Um, that this blaster so looks like Leia that mm-hmm. it is elegant and precise, but it means business and it is not to be messed with or questioned. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I, yeah, this, this back of that old ranked episode was, was my number one choice because it really, yeah, because of what it represents and it's got a great history. Now the connection to Satine is, is, uh, is, is amazing. It's one, I love that little uh, addition there in Canon, but, there's some to it here, and, and and again, trying to speak carefully and choose my words carefully. Growing up in the '80s, you had Han, you had his his blaster, Han's gun, and and this one it seemed like Leia's pistol, right? It was it was sleeker, it was uh, it was smaller, and I'm not just here to say it was a girl's blaster versus Han of a boy's, but this was also this era, right? This was you're coming out of this where you had those kind of divisions as, as uh, unneeded and unnecessary as they, they were. So I kind of grew up looking at that and going, oh, yeah, yeah, Leia's got a blaster too. But guess what? Leia's, Leia's blaster is one I see in action first. Leia's blaster is one that needs to be taken more seriously first to me growing up. And stun or not, she's got it out. She's ready to go. And so there was always that striking image to me, even as a, as a young kid in a different era of taking in a lot of this content. Uh, that it uh, transcended any any boundaries anyone tried to put up around that blaster itself. It wasn't just a, a toy for a girl. It was Leia's blaster as well. And, and that meant a lot to me as a kid coming up. Yeah, no, I think you're saying some great things and some things that just have to be acknowledged about the culture, which, you know, you and I grew up in, um, yeah. that is thankfully changing. But I think that there is something about it that, not only is it aesthetically cool, it's just that sort of that length in that, that something like that thin yeah, <laughs> is yeah. just as deadly. And we know because it's one of the, you know, very early blasters we see go off. Yeah. But I think there's something about it that transcended that like, oh, it's, it is, you know, a, you know, elegant uh, pistol. There's some that's for, uh, that it's a feminine pistol. It's more for me, I think growing up that it was like, it made sense for the character of Leia. Yeah, that looks like a diplomat's pistol. <laughs> yeah, you know that looks like uh, somebody who is, uh, you know, not just uh, rough and rugged and runs in uh, screaming and figure it out later like Han. That looks like a DL forty four. This looks like a uh, much like her mother. Like I tried uh, negotiating with first and first, and now unfortunately we have to negotiate with blasters. <laughs> and this yeah. is the one I use. Yeah, and I always heard, did she come back with that in Jedi, or is that slightly different? I'm going to look that up as we type. But uh, uh, no, I believe it is the I believe it is the same blaster that throws Poe up against the wall uh, when she sets it to to not just stun, but stun and toss. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes, and then uh, I think uh, Return of the Jedi as well, right? I'm I'm trying to do a quick research. I didn't think about it, but. Um, 
point is, uh, even even then, even if it's a similar blaster, you know, she she sticks with that style because it is of her and it is uh, as a as, as a weapon of choice. And that's yeah, okay. yeah. I mean, get, getting down into the deep, like, is it the exact same model? Maybe there's something there. I didn't do that deep of dive, but yeah, for sure, it's the it's the uh, I love you, uh, I know exchange in Return of the Jedi, and she's like, look what I got. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah, so great design, says so much about Leia's character, creates from that first film such great variety in blasters and in what they can mean. Yeah. Um, then we're, we're on the same path, my friend. Uh, this one is something that I do like from being a toy. I like the look of it, but uh, my love has deepened from using it excessively in video games. Yeah. And that is the Relby V10. Uh, it, there are some different versions of it, but basically... It, it's Bosk's blaster. Yes. Um, I was so fascinated with this, with his action figure as a kid, because it was so different, because it had to be, because he had weird lizard arms, <laughs> and, he, and his fingers are twisted weird to hold it, and you kind of got to get it, it, you know, in the crook of his uh, his lizard arm, and it just, it always just looks so cool and so different, and I was always so hyper aware as a kid of like, Ah, it's gonna suck if I lose, and uh, I didn't know E11 and DL44 then. Yeah, you know, it'd suck if I lost a stormtrooper blaster or a Hans blaster, or Luke's blaster. Uh, but I have another one, and then I was like really aware, like I, I can't lose Bosk's blaster. Oh, <laughs> it comes only with Bosk. Yeah. Bosk's blaster. Um, Bosk. Yeah, there's a couple like that. Uh, but it is so, so cool and so great in the most recent uh, Battlefront, you know, yeah. um, that it, it shoots the uh, mines uh, and it's got the great, great intense scope. Uh, you, you know, you get to see him use it in the Clone Wars era. And it is it's one of the blasters that over the years has made me go like, oh, we should we should find time to just talk about blasters Ooh. being cool, because when it popped up in Mandalorian, I kind of lost my mind and I didn't expect to, you know, it was one of those details that I nerded about out about harder than I expected to. I, it looks like Bib Fortuna holding the, the staff that came with the Kenner figure that you never <laughs> seen before. I mean, that, yeah, that's, that's, that's also why we, why we buy a ticket to this party, you know, it, it, this, those things as well as the big stuff and the, and the times we are crying or moved and find deep meaning and Les blaster. Yeah. There's that, but also, man, that gun. Yeah, that's cool. That's a cool blaster. Yeah. Um, and since uh, since we used uh, DL44 already, I'll shout out one other blaster that's really been speaking to me. And it's a, a it, yeah, it's it's bigger than a pistol, uh, but it's still in that general range. It is the DC-15S blaster carbine. Had to make sure I got that right because it is one of the uh, clone armaments. There's a lot of clone blasters, uh, but this one we're seeing a lot in Bad Batch. Uh, obviously, we see it in Clone Wars, and it's kind of, um, you know, it's designed to look like it, it can elide into what becomes the classic uh, E11. Mm. Uh, but in particular, it's just, it's really blunt. Uh, it's, you know, all black, but it's got this cool little energy on the bottom if you pull it up the dc-15s has got a, a little bit of this um lower part of the barrel that juts out and then on top it's got these sighting marks right at the tip of the barrel yeah. that make these little loops and it's just it looks like an absolute professional's weapon mm. it it evokes the e11 but it's also just like looks so iconic and distinctive that every time i see it it's just like ah, i love this era 
Yeah, the sniper scopes worked in conjunction with the holographic data readouts instead of Cologne's helmet. No, it's a simple design. It's definitely, a, like I said, a previous era's design, so to speak. But it, uh, in, in, in being that, it, it almost uh, is better to me. It's just, it's almost uh, more direct, more smooth of a design. Yeah, yeah. It's like, you know, sometimes, uh, uh, like Kathleen Kennedy had that great um, talk about in one of the behind the scenes Mandalorian things about Star Wars characters having a great silhouette. And like this mm-hmm. blaster has a great silhouette. Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Very distinct. Uh, all right. Did you want to share any uh, runner-ups then? Yeah, just uh, going through a little bit. Uh, I, I've always loved, uh, you know, everyone knows I love the Biker Scouts. One of the reasons I love them is the, that EC-17 holdout blaster. Oh, yeah. Tiny thing. There's some about it compared to, you know, the Stormtroopers run around with the 11s, but even some of the, the, the longer rifles and everything, and just them riding around on their motorcycles, me on a palm tree in my backyard, pretending to be on, on a biker, being a biker scout or on a spear bike. And just that little, little pistol. I always kind of liked it. It's dangerous, man. He puts it up to Leia's head. Come on. Oh yeah, absolutely. Uh, scary. Yeah. I think, uh, the, the last one I wanted to share, I already mentioned is a runner up the, the Sacros K 11. Uh, mm. now I, I knew for a long time, cause it was on the back of the power of the force. And, and then in the books, the, the Boba Fett sawed off E three, uh, but the Sacros K11 is this blaster that's in the holiday special. And the general vibe of it is much more of like a kind of old West pistol. And the Westar takes some information from it. Uh, Din's uh, IB94 does. Uh, I think the a little bit the, the DL18s that become such a big deal in Return of the Jedi and Jabba's Palace. And it just uh, wanted to pay tribute to that original. And it was really fun. It was just sort of like uh, uh, the will of the force coming together, Ken. We were pulling, uh, I was pulling the notes together for this episode and writing down my thoughts right after I had opened up that uh, vintage collection Boba Fett action figure. Mm. <laughs> so I was like, wait, I want to look at this action, this uh, blaster. It's right over here on this action figure I just bought. That's awesome. Right there in the package. Uh, so that's an honorable mention for me. Uh, let's move on to talking about some blaster moments. Uh, mm-hmm. What are some of your favorite moments of blaster use in Star Wars? Yeah, I wonder. I, I, I think I wonder if we'll have the same. We always we're always in danger of crossover. But we love surprising each other. So I'll start here. I got three. Uh, I, I put Django taking out Coleman Trevor. Oh, <laughs> I'm sorry. Rest in peace. We we did the in memoriam of uh, Jedi uh, Coleman Trevor, but uh, every it's just it's it's it's, it's tragic. <laughs> it's so Trevor's close to being a hero, <laughs> ending the war before it started, and it's Django, and it's everything about the blaster that you and I talked about. That Western Thirty Forge. It's smooth. It's sleek, and it's got attitude and the the spin, the cowboy, and just him like, yep, another day at the office shooting Jedi out of the sky, and then. <laughs> what it leads to i i just it, it's uh in, in a movie that especially back in the day challenged me more than it than it certainly does now but it was one of those moments of like yeah but that was pretty cool yeah oh man i've always loved that moment and i love that more and more people are are just becoming a fan of the death of golden Trevor. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but it is just such a great moment it's like he's got the right idea just go to the source of the problem and mm-hmm. the fact that it, it makes Django such a badass of like, yeah, no, you're not, you're not getting through my hail of fire. Sorry, you're not that good in the, the spin. Uh, great choice. Yes, yes. Uh, what are your others? Uh, so one of the it's quicker, um, but uh, I, I was going to pinpoint the specific one, but I think everyone knows on Bespin, I have loved this one 
since I first saw it on VHS in, in about 83 there, because Empire was kind of like the last one I took in on, on a certain, on, on a big level where I just sat down and like, let's watch this movie. And I always say I've watched, I watched them out of order, but it really does seem like I saw them in order. It doesn't, it's all <laughs> doubled into one mess. Le- when they're, when they're trying to escape on Bespin, Leia has, um, has a stormtrooper rifle, has an E-11 and bla- just blasts the hell out of a stormtrooper. <laughs> And he goes up against a wall and there was a still photo of it. And one of the many promotional books, or maybe it might've even been like the visual, you know, the, 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 the book adaptation of, of the, of the movie in, in, in the picture book form where like, I swear you could see the heart of the stormtrooper, right? <laughs> the, the, the freeze frame was him up against a wall with a big gaping red bloody on his chest just you're talking about like simpsons joke this is the moment that nelson's heart breaks like this is the moment that stormtrooper meets the end yes and so it all connected and obviously you know we talked we've talked a lot here just like sometimes a promotional poster can you suddenly think you saw that in a movie and maybe you didn't you know it's just like and it's a brief second in the film all rolls into one in my young brain but for years i've just loved that that lay and that's lay in that moment we know she knows her way around these blasters but just getting out of best been trying and just Boom! Just, there's a shock to it. There's a thump to it, and I uh, just always love that moment. Oh, that is a great one. Uh, you know what? I'll share a couple, and, and we can end on on your last one. Uh, sure. In it, in hopes that I don't uh, say the same thing. <laughs> uh, for me, I think uh, for more modern ones, just for absolute, that's cool. Didn't shoot in the door closed in chapter one of the Mandalorian. Like that's true. That is that's a great quick draw. It's a great way, like. The blasters and the pew 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 are so cool, but it's that you know it can be a get a danger of like yeah no they're all shooting at each other again great yeah. so finding ways to make it fresh and make it do like wow he did something cool that to, to put him on that level with Django taking down Coleman and then just be like yeah no I could have just shot him but instead I shot the door to cut him in half right <laughs> right that's pretty cool uh, this is not surprising but I had to include the the greatest uh, ironic blaster moment. Uh, Obi Wan using Grievous's very cool blaster, uh, the DT fifty seven Annihilator, uh, to shoot his organ sack. Yes, yes, <laughs> his very flammable organ sack in the great callback of so uncivilized, but also like I, I that was a funny beat to me. Is you know is a moment of Obi Wan triumph that will immediately be taken away from him very sadly by Order sixty six. Um, but also like the the hey Obi-Wan is is determined to end this war and to defeat Grievous uses what's there and the fact that he is able to use it with such great p- precision and it gets the job done mm-hmm. <laughs> sort of undercuts some of his uh you know complaining about it so it's a great ironic Obi-Wan moment as well it's it yeah i kind of had good i Good bet that you you were going to talk about it because it's just such a it's such a wonderful moment. And again and again, you know, you 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 go back to those prequel era era stuff, and you're coming out of things, and you're like, I don't know if I like the movie, but when he shot him, when Obi Wan shot, that was pretty cool. Yeah, so uncivilized and the toss aside, so great. Um, and then oh man, I'm so torn. I was trying to keep it to three. Uh, I I think I got to go with this one. Um, Han quick drawing his DL44 on Vader. In, in Bespin. Um, that is such a great blaster moment. Like shared a couple that are like successes. It's such a cool moment of there's no thought. He sees Vader and it's out. It's such a cool quick draw. 
um, which we get to see him use his blaster a lot in A New Hope and and not as much in Empire Strikes Back. But that's like the the shot of Han quick drawing, right? Yeah. And then it's all for naught. And the utter coolness of nope, nope, nope. And then it, it flies out of his hand. And that look, that startled look on Harrison Ford's face, on Han's face is like, okay, so I was really wrong about this whole Force thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah you know it's a yeah. it's a great classic blaster moment of like anybody else han would have taken him down with that quick draw but not this time it's so funny because you're, you're thinking the beautiful moment in force awakens of him saying it's it's true all of it you know you're you're thinking of the entire franchise thus far and everything you know han's seen and experienced but he could just be talking about that moment oh no trust yeah, like- me <laughs> it's true it's true yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. My uh, my future dead father in law just took that blaster right out of my hand. Not a damn thing I could do about it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and then I'll, I'll shoot this one in a real quick. No pun intended. Uh, my my runner up there was uh, Leia Bullseye the ATSD driver on uh, Endor. Yes. Is, was is that your number one? No, no, but it is up there with that Empire moment I talked about. I just still think it's that's one of the greatest shots in, in Star Wars. It, it it's just like it, it's so triumphant. The Ewoks are getting in the battle, and they're all Han Chewie are throwing stormtroopers around, and Leia's just like, "What is the biggest problem?" That guy. <laughs> well, You're gone. Because I'm trying to uh, remember it a little bit from memory here, but she picks up the picks up the blaster, and then has a moment of like, "What? Oh, that that guy," and that guy's just up there like, "Hello." <laughs> What's going on yeah. now? He didn't. Th- he thought he was done for the day. Of like, they're captured, yeah. and like, he's like popped out to just like watch watch the processing. Like, yeah, they're gonna <laughs> they're gonna put him in the cuffs. They're gonna march him away. Yeah. This is great, and like, he's just yep. there to watch. And like, nope. But like, he's boss, the biggest problem, right? Yeah, boss just said, "Stand here uh, with some intimidation in you." Uh, here we go. Oh, I'm dead. Nope. Yep. It's just a great lay moment. So, uh, what is your final moment? Well, it's, it builds wonderfully off the the Empire moment. I I I, I mean this with all sincerity. Uh, Han on Savarine and uh, the shooting and a killing of Beckett. Mm. I mm. love everything about it. It is not. It does work. It does work on a little meta level of Han shot first. I think that's absolutely. It's absolutely built into it. But it, it remains one of my favorite moments in that film. It remains one of the most important lessons for Han. And, and and yes, a lot of it's it's everything Beckett's taught him. We totally get it, but it goes to what you're talking about. It goes it goes to uh, Greedo. It does go to all those things. It goes to Han as a character, and, and uh, that is the lesson. That is to learn the, what he learns. It, it isn't just about not tr- trusting anyone. And top of the show, we're talking about what the blaster represents. We're, we, you and I both go to Han a lot. Uh, you know what he said about a good blaster at his side. That that it, that ties to that moment, and it is it is survival. It's not just simply power to me. That Han ha- Han specifically has a blaster. It is survival. It is it is uh, getting through the galaxy, and that is to me the Han that walks into Chalman's cantina uh, is 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 born out of that moment. It, it and it all syncs up to me, and it's the emotional canon of what he learns and what he carries with him, more than just uh, uh, shooting first or not. And you can make a fun sh- joke or a T-shirt, and George will wear it. Um, <laughs> Kasdan's dealing with it. And they might be having some fun. John Kasdan might have some fun, but you know, Lawrence Kasdan's going to want to actually explain things and <laughs> go into what Han learned and what how it carried uh, out through his, uh, the rest of his life. And that's why you and I love Solo, and why so many people love Solo. There's so many things in there. Just just set the topic and the many thesis statements for Han's life. It begins in that movie. I love that moment. I love everything about it. I love Chewie's reaction. 
I love Han's reaction and 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 rushing to Beckett even after he does. Like, I I really do love that moment and love that use of the blaster. I'm so glad that that was your number one. Uh, that was one that I wrestled with, and I went with uh, Han on on Bespin. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think that's a perfect one to end the our, our little mini lists on there because you're exactly right. It is just a, a summation of what that blaster means to Han of, of, and what, what Beckett is trying to convince him that it means of, look, no one wants you to get by in this galaxy. No one wants you to have any amount of, you know, personal freedom. It's so much what's at stake in all of solo. And, you know, you just dream of, of flying among the stars, going about your business, seeing things, having adventures. You just want to get by and no one's going to let you. Mm-hmm. And this is the, the, you know, this thing that you strap on your leg, you strap at your side and you need it to defend yourself because it's a dog eat dog world is what Beckett is saying to him. And that whole thing could have been uh, some big finale, right? Some, mm-hmm. some marksman shootout as he is as talented as Beckett was, you know, is he as good of a shot? And it's so uh, just brutal and, and blunt and it is just about Han learning that lesson. And in this particular case, we even get that that validation where Becca was like, you know, uh, first smart thing you done, you did, I would have killed you. It was you or me. I made it that way. Yeah. And you're only standing here because, you know, you're trying to get through the universe and, and you got that DL-44 at your side. Yeah. And it, and, it, and it starts maybe at Han shot first, but it works everything you're talking about and everything we've been discussing uh, survival uh, reacting and 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 the leaps the leaps from han aren't always about craziness more, more often than not they're about his heart right let's yeah. figure this out later let's do what we feel is right and what i feel is right to get us to the next phase and uh, i think it all comes from that so yes i'm going to go i'm going to watch solo tonight i think <laughs> that sounds great here's my final question for you ken in our blaster pew 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 discussion uh, do you think in the star wars galaxy there are novelty blasters that shoot bubbles I think not yet canon, but we're going to get a follow-up to the uh, Black Spire book by Delilah S. Dawson. We'll get a follow-up and, uh, you know, we'll go to the next day. They'll do a big announcement. Uh, no insight into this, folks. They'll do a big announcement of Galaxy's Edge is going to the next day, right? Because it's really one day that you're react- uh, uh, that you're uh, uh, reenacting when you're there. They're going to go the next day, and that's when novelty bubble blasters will be introduced. Absolutely. And I think the person selling them absolutely has to be Hondo. I think in his old age, this is Hondo's retirement, is, is selling fun novelty blasters uh, that shoot bubbles. They're bright colors and they come with a story, right? Yeah. Of, a, yeah. of some adventure he had with one of these. Teach the kids the right way to shoot. <laughs> Don't eat the bubbles, though. Not good for you. Uh, any closing thoughts? Uh, no, great discussion. I love the memory lanes. I love... I love finding out uh, how you, your love and appreciation and even understanding of Star Wars, number one, can't always change, can't always grow, and can't always, uh, you know, get a little more, uh, you know, the whole picture taken into it. But I also love that you and I can find things that back in 83, 84, 85 really were there and, and formed our Star Wars love and how we look at it the rest of our uh, existence, much like Han in the and a Blaster. Yeah, yeah, and this is just a great episode. Thank you uh, for doing it, Ken. I know you have done that uh, rank before, and Helen, we might do yeah. another ranked again, but uh, this is just episode for me is really about there's so much to explore in mm-hmm. Star Wars, and, um, you know, I, I am a, a lightsaber guy. 
I do. I think about lightsabers a lot. We've talked about lightsabers a lot, and it's just a great reminder of that. There's just always so many different things uh, to celebrate, and we could do eight different episodes about different uh, <laughs> elements of blasters. So this is great to yeah. to celebrate uh, something we don't talk about as often. Uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Let's and see. with that, uh, oh, cool. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, it's, it's a key part, so we have to pay it to do. That's right. Pay due to the pew, pew, pew. Do you want to let people know where they can find us? Absolutely. We are on Twitter at Four Center Pod. You can find us on Instagram and YouTube as well. Facebook page is Four Center Podcast. We're available on Anchor, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, Amazon Music, Spotify, and more. Just search and find us. Merch available at tpublic.com slash user slash Four Center. You can support us directly at patreon.com slash Four Center. Get into that Discord from our Patreon page and talk about blasters over there. Uh, you can follow me at Ken Napsock or go to my website, KenNapsock.com. Uh, there I have information and links to upcoming stand-up shows. Uh, I have one locally in L.A. on August 31st and more on the way. So stay tuned for that and for Joseph and his adventures. Joseph, tell them where to find you. Yeah, you can find me on Instagram, TikTok, and Twitter is at Joseph Scrimshaw. And you can check out all of my other comedy adventures, uh, links to comedy albums, links to other podcasts, uh, some shows I've been a writer for, all on my website at josephscrimshaw.com. But for now, for myself, for Ken, for Hans DL44, this has been Four Center. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 